Are you an insider? Subscribe to FC Insiders today to receive full unedited interviews, news, rumors, exclusive content, and more. Join FC Insiders at futurecommerce.fm. Future Commerce is brought to you by Vertex. Vertex is the leader of tax technology solutions and services for corporations worldwide. They're trusted by over half of the Fortune 500. Vertex Cloud meets sales and use tax solutions for businesses of all kinds. Visit them online today at vertexsmb.com. Emarsis is the largest independent marketing platform company in the world. Their software enables truly personalized one-to-one interactions between marketers and customers across all channels. They help you build loyalty and enrich the customer journey while increasing your revenue. Go to emarsis.com slash futurecommerce to request a demo and see for yourself how emarsis can help your company scale marketing decisions. That's emarsis, E-M-A-R-S-Y-S dot com slash futurecommerce. Hello and welcome to Future Commerce, a podcast about cutting edge and next generation commerce. I'm Philip. I'm Brian. And we have no idea what we're going to talk about today. We're, <laughs> this is a running gun. Uh, actually, no, I have a few ideas. Uh, but before yeah. we get started, we want to uh, we want to encourage you uh, today. We want you to join our family. And the best way you can do that is to subscribe to our podcast. <laughs> Wherever it is you get podcasts, we're on Stitcher, we're on uh, Spotify. Uh, you may have heard our audio ads on Spotify. That's a thing we're doing now. Can you believe that? Yeah. Brian? And uh, so if you are new to the podcast, uh, we're glad to have you. You can also listen on any smart speaker device with the phrase, play Future Commerce Podcast. Okay. Um, Brian, what's new in your world, my friend? Oh, you know, all kinds of things that I'm not allowed to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> if you missed the last episode, Brian is now uh, a member of the Borg Collective um, in that he's joined Amazon. Nothing I say on this want- podcast reflects the views of my player. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a way that we can drop in like just sort of like like uh, uh, like the, the the transformer audio sound like where uh, the Michael Bay like you know transformer just machine crush sound? That's how I imagine. Amazon sounds at any given moment. <laughs> Man, um, you're 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 going back to like titans of industry right now. That's what you're doing. <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that. Uh, no, but for real, we we actually we we do have a tight time frame today. We also have way more content that we could even talk about. Um, but uh, I I kind of want you to kick us off. What's new in your world? What do you what do you got going on? Doing doing a little bit of travel. Yeah, I mean. Uh, uh, let's talk about this for a minute. Um, it's it's now uh, just a few weeks away, two less now, like two weeks away mm. from going mm. to Magento Imagine. Which, I mean, that's a that's a conference that you and I have been going to for years. Um, sure. It's it's how we met. Um, so definitely a lot of nostalgia. <laughs> uh, yeah, excited to 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 be there though. Um, and you're emceeing that event, which is. Super awesome. I think it was yeah. a perfect choice. If anyone, you know, any one of our listeners wants to see Philip uh just having a time of his life and <laughs> and looking awesome, they should come to Magento Imagine, a uh, Magento's Imagine conference uh coming up here April twenty third through twenty fifth 
at the way in Las Vegas, it is going to be a good time for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It will. And Amazon uh, will be there in no small way. Uh, they- That's true. You that guys true. have. Uh, you guys are going to be a presenting sponsor uh, as 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 updated on their website. So uh, <laughs> very <now> excited. <laughs> uh, you know. I, okay, so here's our segue. So you know who uh, are presenting sponsors these days? Uh, I, I love this because we're seeing this in the retail world. Kohl's teams up with Aldi, and Nordstrom adds Anthropology Home. Uh, are big box stores or or big retailers turning into mini malls? Uh, this was a uh, article over on Forbes, uh, and it's uh, well, it kind of got my some, yeah. It's, it was a shop talk. talk. Yeah, ahead. sorry, there's a little bit of a delay there. This was like a shop talk uh, a contributor for Barbara Thau, um, who uh, basically got my gears turning because this is not the first time we've seen this. I mean, Amazon or Whole Foods. Um, I mean, the list goes on. Uh, I wouldn't it's, call it the same thing as that, but definitely well, Sephora and JCPenney. Um, and uh, there's been other examples. Macy's has done this, I think, to some degree. Um, I think we talked about this with uh, Sucharita back yeah. uh, on episode 41. What is it? Yes. <laughs> Whatever we Suturita, yes. Suturita Kadali, who uh name Alpuru, who who actually is a keynote speaker at Magento Imagine. We are not being paid by Magento for this. We should actually be paid by Magento for it. That's a really good point. We really should <laughs> <Yeah>. be. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening, guys, uh, cut us a check. Um we are great pick uh, though. Great pick on that keynote. Oh, oh, oh Lord and Taylor uh in Walmart. Remember that partnership? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that yeah, was a, that's, that's a good that, one. That's not even an in-store thing. That was like an online thing. Well, come on. I mean, is there any difference anymore with on-site, uh, online and in-store? That's that's where I'm seeing things. It's like, I don't even think that people expect parity with the experience in-store anymore. It's like, it's it, I go to, it's, it's like your local store. Like sometimes I go to my local Publix here in Florida and they have rotisserie chickens. And if they don't have it, then I go to the other Publix in Florida that does. And that's, that's how retails become. It's like this store has that, this online experience has this. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's good, you know, in general, but the partnerships are a thing that I, I don't know that people are relying on, but it's an experience that you know, potentially is driving people to stores. Yeah, I think also it shows retail doesn't need as much space as it used to. These this is taking up real estate in in a big box store, right? This, yeah. These additional stores, and then these additional stores are creating smaller versions uh, of themselves within yeah. these big box stores and 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 you know traditional mall retailers. And um, so I think it definitely points to the. the 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 way we're moving, which is, you know, one of your predictions from episode 55 for 2018, we don't, you know, the, the flagship store is changing. That was one of my favorite predictions that you, that you mm-hmm. made. And uh, it's just stores in general are changing. Nordstrom is a great leader in this. I think, you know, with their, um, with their tester store in, uh, in Hollywood um, and, you know, uh, this is just another example of how they're thinking differently about space. Um, mm. 
it's just, we can do things differently. Um, despite the fact that we've done things basically the same way for a long time. So, uh, super cool. I'm glad that it's happening. I think that this is a good opportunity for retailers to do cross promotion, to do partnership. Um, in fact, I would almost argue that it's necessary. Retailers, uh, can now be frenemies. Um, anthropology, (laughs) anthropology is, you know, their, their clothing is fairly competitive with, with Nordstrom's offers. Right. Um, right. But it's got such a distinct look and such a distinct feel to the brand. It's not at all a problem for them to have a store in Nordstrom because it's, it's one, I'm sure Nordstrom's taking a cut. Uh, so Nordstrom wins and two, you know, anthropology is, it's not like it's taking away from Nordstrom's brand, even if, you know, even, you know, even if the, it would have been competitive if it was not in that store. I mean, it, if it had at any point in time, it's already happened. Right. So right. at this point, right. Right. At this point, like there's no clawing it back. You're, you're it, like, we might as well all try to share each other's success going forward. And, you know, um, I, I wonder what kind of data, these these interesting sort of strategic partnerships they have to be backed up by some data and i have to wonder how you determine you know that this is a uh in potentially uh profitable venture for both uh for both of of these brands my my sense is that the person who shops in anthropology uh probably doesn't uh isn't a nordstrom customer in general really um, i don't that's think how so I man see it. Yeah, I, I think that that's I, I think that they OK, let me put it this way. The people that I know that shop at Anthropology are uh, of a younger demographic who have a certain sort of taste that that appeals to. And she's the kind of shopper who probably doesn't find her way into a mall very often either. Yeah, um, you have a little. Mm, well, I don't know about that, mm, but. I mean, all of the anthropologies around me, again, this could be regional. All the anthropologies around me are, uh, and the ones in New York that I've seen are standalone or, or disconnected from other, right. you know, other retail, uh, uh, or they're, they're in what is a non-traditional mall. It's like more of a market or an outdoor market. It's not a, it's not a traditional shopping mall enclosed space, you know, with recirculated air, I guess is the. The thing I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I might have a little bit of a bias on this because Nordstrom is based in Seattle and pretty much everyone in Seattle shops at Nordstrom that yeah, has that, the means to do yeah, it. That, <laughs> that's got to change, you know, the way that you think uh, about things as well. I mean, we, and, and, you know, being in Palm Beach and Worth Avenue, you know, sort of the boutique sort of thing probably changes my perspective as well. I'd like to hear what our listeners think. A lot of smart people that listen, we're not retail analysts technically, um, but I'd love to hear uh, what other people think. It, it actually makes me think of something else. I know that we're kind of blowing through this and we could probably spend the whole show just talking about that. But um, the the prevalence of, since we since I was just talking about shopping malls, um, it reminded me of uh, how many shopping malls are getting full on 20 screen movie theaters to sort of take up the old flagship retail space. Um, yeah. And 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 I, I started thinking it reminded me about uh, AMC's movie pass. That's like seven bucks a month. It's Netflix for going to the movies. Right. It's super cool. I love uh, it. <laughs> that, thing, that blows my mind and it changes my whole my whole outlook on 
<laughs> on, yeah. uh, on, on, you know, not just movie going in general, but, you know, the idea that it might drive me into a theater, which I probably wouldn't have gone to otherwise. 100%. I mean, I, I have young children. I don't get to the movies very often. Um, also, I, I feel like, you know, the movie theater experience is cool, but now everyone has large, large screen TVs and, and, and like the, yeah. <laughs> like the desire to, to go somewhere, sit with strangers and eat junk food while, <laughs> you know, in a dark room. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, I don't know. I think a lot of people are happy to sit at home on their couch. So this is a really good, you know, subscription model for for an industry that needs a little bit of a shot in the arm. Although actually maybe it doesn't. I don't know. We don't have data on this. Maybe, maybe, you know, movie attendance is actually up. Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, but it, yeah. regardless, I like the model. I think it's cool. Now, now te- teens don't have to try and, you know, go into the movie theater and just stay in there and catch two movies at one time. They can, they can feel good about it. <laughs> yeah. No joke. Especially. Yeah. Because that's the demographic that's going to hang out and go to a movie, you know, uh, all the time. Every you day. Know, there's, there's definitely, <laughs> there's definitely a, uh, uh, an economy there, like from a, from like a, as a parent, like I might, I might absolutely opt into the, uh, some subscription service at some point. I do that anyway for a lot of things. Um, so there's a great article on this of how uh, AMC or others could make MoviePass equitable. Um, and uh, yeah, if you check it out, it's on retailwire.com. Uh, Tom Ryan actually has a great write-up um, on it and and basically likens it to a gym membership, right? So right. Um, yeah, if it you'll use the service heavily when you sign up. It'll taper off over time. Uh, you'll probably only use it for certain you know, types of movies or shows that you really want to see eventually, but you'll continue the subscription. Um, one interesting data point that you kind of just called out, which is most people, 54% of Americans prefer to watch movies at home and only 13% say that they prefer to go to the theater to watch a movie. So yeah, screens at home are better and, you know, not having people texting in front of you, uh, when you could be texting yourself, uh, Dude, I saw... I saw a 65-inch screen TV uh, go on sale the other day for like... Was it a I, Costco? I kid you not. Sub, I bet it was a Costco. No, yeah. I don't know. I don't think it was Costco. It was sub $500. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. It, it, this, is, this, is, this is all to say, like, you can have a movie theater experience at home... Like if if my, one of my friends as a kid had a sixty five inch television, it, they, everyone would have been at that person's house every single day. Now, if you have a sixty five inch television, yeah, you're kind it's of small. just a normal. Yeah, yeah you're, an, you're you're a normie. You're a total normie. Uh, yeah, I I find that it just it's really really. I don't know. That's fascinating how much it's changed. Um, and we have infinite selection at our fingertips, and we still only watch you know three channel. Like I, I was remarking the other day, I, spent, <laughs> I, for, I forget how much, how much is Netflix even? I've had a Netflix subscription for over 10 years. I don't even know what it's I paid like for it. 10 bucks a month or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, I, what do we watch on Netflix? This is, this, this is an interesting sort of thought experiment. I, I, I thought about it. I went to the recently viewed and it, it went something like this. Uh, the office, that's it. 
That's all. <laughs> that is, <laughs> You're I'm an paying. outlier, man. You're an outlier. I, Everyone I else don't is know. binging everything. Like <laughs> I don't know about that. I we watched Jessica Jones season two. Uh, that was the last thing that was newish that we've watched. Uh, before that, you know, it was like some rando documentary that's only on Netflix, and then you know, mostly just The Office, Parks and Rec. It's like reruns of sitcoms that aren't TV on TV anymore. Thirty Rock. Yeah, like those are, that's what we do. That's what we want. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that you're an outlier. Like, I, I know I, that I would, original programming's big. I know it is. Yeah, I'm yeah. not watching. Yeah, that's just like you. Other people's like me. I, I, <laughs> all right, I, someone out you, there, if you're got, listening to Future you Commerce, old, and you're you like got me, old before people were doing binging. You know, so <laughs> you know, I, I know I'm old, but you don't need to rub it in my face, Brian. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, there's only a few years between you and I, but it's it's it might as well be a chasm. Uh, yeah, it's it, it, we've talked about this before. Actually, I'm quite passionate about that subject. <laughs> yeah, and you don't like to be labeled micro generations, uh, yeah, if you will. Exactly, micro generations. Oh, uh, <laughs> let's see what else. What else are we going? Oh, we got a lot of interesting feedback about our take on GDPR in our last. Uh, our last episode, a lot of uh, sort of uptake. I'm, I'm noticing a lot of messaging, especially from the e-commerce platforms. I, I railed on them a little bit in our last episode, but uh, seeing a lot of uh, uh, e-commerce platforms like coming out with some, uh, you know, very comprehensive guidelines and some sort of ecosystem requirements for marketplace and for app stores um, that to comply with GDPR. So a lot of movement happening uh, on the GDPR and compliance front. Um, since our last episode, which was only a week ago, uh, but which at this point in time might as well just be like, you know, 10 years. Um, it's uh, it's moving so quickly and we're coming up on the deadline. Uh, we're, we're a little over a month away, um, which That's is really interesting. mind blowing. And I mean, I, I doubt we'll see like an immediate action, but it will happen. I think there will be an action at some point where they can really... You know, they'll probably make an example of a company to really like scare everyone else. <laughs> It'll have to. It, it's it, that's bound to happen. Future Commerce is brought to you by Vertex. Vertex provides cloud and on-premise solutions that can be tailored to specific industries for every major line of tax, including sales and use, income, value added, and payroll. Vertex Cloud is the SaaS solution that automates sales and use tax, including calculation and returns. With multiple service levels and flexible pricing models, Vertex Cloud meets the sales and use tax needs for businesses of all sizes. From recognizable brands like Honda, Pepsi, Verizon, and small businesses the world over. Find out more today at vertexsmb.com and be sure to mention Future Commerce Podcast to get 15 months for the price of 12. Once again, that's vertexsmb.com. Emarsis is the largest independent marketing platform company in the world. Powered by artificial intelligence, the Emarsis marketing platform enables truly personalized interactions between marketers and customers across all channels, building loyalty, enriching the customer journey, and increasing your revenue. Each day, Emarsis connects more than 2,200 brands with 3.2 billion customers all over the world. Emarsis delivers over 350 million personalized interactions across email, mobile, social, and web. 
To learn more about how eMarsis can help your company scale marketing decisions and actions, visit eMarsis.com slash futurecommerce and request your demo today. That's eMarsis, E-M-A-R-S-Y-S dot com slash futurecommerce. It's interesting because this goes right in hand with what we were just talking about. Maybe this is the... Uh, this is the small store episode or something like that. I, I don't know how to frame this, but my, or, or stores within stores episode, because this, this gets me thinking about how is it fair for it? Like the, the compliance requirements of GDPR are so onerous uh, that only large companies really can do it to the spirit of the law. And, and and while complying with the letter, to of, the the letter law, of the law, or to the spirit right. of the law, well, it's both <laughs> of it. I, I I think that the letter of the law, there are two different things. If you ask me, um, but the the you know some of the e-commerce platforms I've seen that put out some guidelines are really only complying to the spirit of the law. They've not actually or to the letter of the law in that they haven't given the end users the power that they need in the platform to get things like data. Uh, like if you were to go and download your Facebook data. E-commerce platforms should be doing that. They should also give you the ability to terminate your own account um, and successfully terminate your account. And what a lot of platforms are saying is that, well, you really have a 30-day window to comply. Um, and so what you what you need is really just a request form from your CRM tool, right? For someone to manually put that together. And that's that's uh, takes all of the uh, onus off of the e-commerce platform or from the third-party providers in the e-commerce ecosystem and puts all of the onus on the business owner, which sucks. Um, and again, not something I think a small business is going to be able to shoulder uh, going forward. But at the same time, and I'm, I'm shifting gears a little bit, um, I know you have, probably have something to say about that, but I want to link it to another thought. We have big retailers that are launching small stores as an, in an effort to, you know, to appeal to a different kind of uh, customer and or or to you know a different kind of retail uh, you know brick and mortar footprint strategy too. Um, for instance, uh, Target is making making some waves by launching some really tiny stores, uh, such as one that just uh, uh, they put up in I think Brooklyn recently. I'll have to find an article about it. Um, but I, I, you know, it's like the big retailers are starting to play small as well. Um, and the small retailers are, are being faced with, you know, uh, challenges with compliance, especially if they're doing any business in EU. So anyway, I found this a really fascinating time um, to be a small business owner. Uh, Retail renaissance. <laughs> can't, cannot be easy right now. Um, that's for sure. Right, what, yeah, what, are that's your, very what are your true. thoughts? What, what's your take on it? I, my take is I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a wait and see to see how this actually plays out. Like, uh, it's not that I don't have opinion. I, I kind of want to see what happens with GDPR. Bef- like, I, I don't really have a good prediction on it. I guess that wasn't what I'm saying. Right. Um, regarding small and large business, I agree with you. Like, I think this is going to be easier for big businesses than it is for small businesses. But I don't, I don't really know how this is going to affect small businesses yet. I'm sorry. So what I was trying to say, and it was sort of a retroactive comment, oh. is that I anticipate what your take would be based oh, on whether the, whether the law should even, oh, yeah, I'm not whether the law should even, get out of here. <laughs> sure you are. But no, I'm saying oh. that I feel like you, you, your take would have been that the law shouldn't even exist in the first place because we no, who, no, I don't who think needs, that. Who needs the government to tell us, uh, <laughs> you know, how to control privacy and regulation, regulate uh, 
you know, users' data, right? No, that's not what I think. Uh, oh, I do think there's well, a place for government and in oh. in all of this, a hundred percent. There's, you know, there's. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get too political on this particular episode, at least. Um, mm. <laughs> but I, I think that there is a role for government in ensuring that you know that businesses aren't taking unfair advantage of their customers. Um, and you know, basically, right now, I think that you know, in, in our current state, there's so little transparency that I think we have things like the Facebook Cambridge Analytica thing going on. Right. Mm. And so there is an opportunity for government here to help protect its citizens um, from from really, you know, practices that are not that are really uh, exploitive of uh, of of consumers. So, yeah, absolutely. zero for government here. I just don't know how this is going to play out um, in terms of how it affects affects small businesses. Um, I know it's. I think it will be a bit of a burden, but let's just let's just see how they respond. I, it's hard to predict how it's going to going to affect them. It, it, do you see an opportunity for uh, you know secondary or uh, I don't know a, a new set of uh, technologies that will help assist uh, small businesses that you know ideally 100%. the thing that comes up. Uh, it's interesting because Alan Kent, um, who's a uh, uh, developer advocate at Google uh, now, but we know him from uh, uh, his former Magento. role uh, again at Magento. Cut us the check, Magento. Just do it. Um, <laughs> but they, uh, he's been listening back through uh, older episodes of our show, and he mentioned that on episode three or four, you know, I said uh, that I felt like a some sort of a federated um, or widely available uh, identity management. Uh, capability for consumers is about 10 years out. And he seems to think GDPR is the herald of it, you know, only having been two years away. Um, but I, I, what's your take? Do you see, would this all be easier if we just had, you know, a centralized way, like a Facebook, but for identity management? Yeah, that, uh, that was one of my predictions in episode 55, which mm-hmm. was that we're going to have the ability to, you know, have, we're going to have, we're going to see more single sign on type scenarios, right? right. Um, and so I, I definitely think that's true. Um, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's still going to be a little bit before it really takes hold. I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be eight years away. I think it's going to be just a couple years away where we're, hmm. before we'll be able to really, really have a lot more control over where our data is, is and, 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 you know, how, how it's being used, obviously outside of the black market. <laughs> Um, Do you but, think that you know. we'd see the value? Because this is the problem. When a product is free, you're the product, right? So our data yeah, for sure. product. Yeah, and, no, no. I, I've been thinking about this a lot. We're going to see a lot of like freemium. Right. Like freemium, you're going to be giving your data away. And you're going to know it. You're going to know exactly where it is. And it's like, okay, you, you want to keep using our product? You have to... You have to, you know, opt into certain things. And, and that's true right now. But people, it's not as explicit as it should be. And it's not clear what pieces of data you're giving away. That's the biggest thing. Is it's really not clear what data you're giving away. Um, yeah, but, so, but don't you think that the mountain of data that they're collecting... I, now we are deep in this, but... It's too late. It's, it's too late, you're saying? We can't pull the... <laughs> 
we can't yeah, yeah, I mean, we can't the, go backwards yeah i mean the, the the cows are out of the barn or whatever the idiom is the, yeah but people's data changes that's that's another thing like it does change yeah, I, I agree with that but but even if you were to have access to it let's say that you did wouldn't it become wouldn't the mountain of data look basically start looking like the apple terms and conditions like you're just going to accept it you like you're not going to dig in to see every little piece of it. You know, you'll be outraged by a headline here and there. And then one day you'll just accept it because it's a barrier. Your acceptance of that is a barrier to, to yeah, I read an something else you want to. That exact thing. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I think, I think that's true. Some people will, there's no doubt about it. People mm-hmm. are going to give away their data so they can do stuff that they wouldn't be able to do. Um, savvy consumers are going to be a lot more careful um, and, and I, and I, I've, I've railed on this last episode. I railed on this on episode 55. I think that businesses are going to find ways of providing more and more value so that you will give away more data. Um, which again, I think if it's in a controlled environment, oh, oh yeah, I'm totally fine with you giving my data to my favorite restaurant because, and, and, and I'll get additional, you know, discounts or coupons because you guys have a partnership. <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. Um, Am I cool with you giving my data away to their that restaurant's competitor that I don't really like? No, I'm not cool mm. with that. <laughs> um, and, and so I think it's going to get even down. I think it's going to get down to you know offers and specific you know get really specific about what pieces of data are being used, who's using it, and why. And and you're gonna you know you're <laughs> people have been signing up for giveaways for a long time and willing to give out their information to, to be entered into a drawing. That's nothing new. Uh, yeah. We've been doing data collection before the internet, right? Um, but usually there's some sort of offer or incentive to, to give away that data. And it's also very clear what data you're giving away. Um, so, well, that's, yeah. so that's what I'm saying is that, uh, so, so, you know, I, I kind of mentioned this a second ago, but Sheryl Sandberg uh, had mentioned that if users wanted to opt out, and this is a, an interview that's actually dropping today with NBC, as she makes a press tour, the the uh, the uh, uh, never stop, never stopping press tour by <laughs> by Sheryl Sandberg. Um, my 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 her take is that to opt out of advertising and, and sort of data collection at the highest level would be a paid product to Facebook. And I wonder yes. how many people would actually pay for that. You'll have long-term holdouts. And I'm a good example of this. I'm, I'm a six, seven year holdout of Spotify and I'm now on right. Spotify. Okay. And so you will have people like me who have an ideological problem, but will still pay for a service. And, yeah. uh, and that's where it will eventually wind up. And I think we'll see. Yes, your your prediction of a uh, of an identity management platform that is as ubiquitous as a social media platform, whether they become one and the same, is I guess we'll see. What the free market? I is doubt doing. it. But I yeah. mean, there might be some of that. But, but yeah, uh, it, it might not be one single identity management platform. You might have a few. You'll probably have. You've got your Apple ID. You've got right. your right Amazon ID. You've got your. Facebook ID. Um, so there'll be a few big players that you're going to use to manage your identity throughout the web. Why can't uh, the U.S. government just give this to us and, and and just tattoo it on our foreheads and just call it the mark of the beast and let's be done with it? And that's, then you just went to the next level. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I mean, like, let's just get it over with. That's kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> 
dude. Okay, so I have an idea. Maybe I shouldn't introduce it on this no, show. Please it's, introduce it's, it on the show. This is all I've ever wanted to do. All right, awesome. This is our big half bake idea of the day, right? Oh, I love it. Uh, all right, so I've I've been reading The Atlantic a lot lately. I'm a huge <laughs> fan, by the way. I I just need to come out and say it now. I am a true like I read The Atlantic a lot. As a libertarian, um, I wouldn't have expected that, but no, I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's so fun. Um, I, I, I carry on. Yes. So the Atlantic. There was, yeah. Wasn't there a whole so, hubbub about them hiring a writer recently or something to the effect? And there was, that's a whole separate Yeah, story. there was. Yeah. They hired a writer and they immediately fired him when they realized right. that he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't joking when he said certain things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, good for them getting in front of that, though. I've, I've been reading a lot of articles on on poverty, and not all of them come from the Atlantic. Um, but financial situations, like for instance, this this wasn't from the Atlantic, but I was reading about how we're at a high right now for people not being able to make or just refusing to make payments on mobile homes. Mm. So, oh, like I saw this. Home. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's a leading indicator so started, of economic depression, yeah, so, right? Yes, 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 yes. So here's actually kind of what I've been thinking about. And I haven't done any searching on Google or wherever to to see if this idea already is out there. And I'm sure that it is. Or if it isn't, and I'm, you know, I, this is just me and my basic understanding of economics. But I can't help but wonder if we've been in a period of inflation for the past couple of years. Oh, yeah, this is good. Yeah. Give some context to this. This is very good. Yeah. So I'm wondering if our leading indicators and our trailing indicators of inflation have been a little bit flip-flopped. We're at an all-time high for the stock market. We're also at an all-time high for, for people not being able to make payments on their... I shouldn't say all-time high. I'm not sure if it was all-time high or just a recent high on, on, on mobile homes. The middle class and the lower classes have been experiencing things differently than the upper classes. And what I'm getting at here is we've seen some unprecedented economic growth recently, right? Mm. But what if what if our money is actually worth a little bit less than we think it is? How are we measuring inflation? Are we measuring it relative to buying power or to worldwide currencies, right? And how do we know when our money is inflated? Right. Mm. And I think there's obviously a lot of economic debate about this, but there's no doubt we've had economic growth. There's no doubt we've seen all-time highs on the on the stock market. But if our money is worthless, maybe the growth isn't quite as unprecedented as we've been thinking it is. Hmm. We had so much unemployment at one point, and we're finally starting to come up to kind of the reverse problem where we're we're having trouble finding workers. But wages still haven't really risen in many ways for the lower classes. And I think it's because we may have got so used to being able to have cheap labor that there was no reason to raise labor rates. So essentially, the thing that sort of indicated that we had inflation, which was wage increases across the board, right? People are getting paid more, things cost more, all of the above. Those types of scenarios, McDonald's prices are rising. We've been looking at the dollar menu and saying, oh, well, we still have a dollar menu. Well, actually, let's get a little bit further into that data. Is the dollar menu still the dollar menu that it was once before, hmm. are people still able to purchase the types of things that they were able to purchase before? You could definitely argue that, you know, I, I would argue that no, we haven't. That I think the final data point of inflation now is wages at, at a lower class level. Um, and this is why the uh, city of Seattle passed the $15 an hour minimum wage because 
and it jumped significantly. It was like a $4 jump or more or something like that. Wow, um, yeah. When they yeah, passed yeah, yeah. that. What we're seeing here is wages were the last thing to come up. And that is why we're seeing the type of struggles that we are. Okay, that's the general idea. It's super half-baked. I would love to hear what other people think about where we're at with inflation right now and how that's affecting the economy. Obviously, very tangential to our normal topics, but... Let me yeah, try to distill it back because I, I think I understand what you're saying. We potentially have some fundamental economic indicators that we usually measure as the basis for inflation. But for whatever reason, either lifestyles or technology or something has changed that there are additional indicators for certain class groups, which might put them in a position of, of lower buying power than other class groups. And so right. we, we have unchecked inflation in certain areas or, or certain people groups right. uh, because we're not tracking like this. It could be U.S. monetary policy. There could be something that right. could be done to uh, to either track or adjust for this. And we don't know that it's even happening because we're not watching the right things. Right. We're not watching the right things. There, It's happening in different places. So like buying power in one class is not the same as it is in another class. Mm. Um, and then also our standard for living. So we know certain things cause cancer. We know certain things are bad for your body now that right. we didn't if used to know. If you live in California, everything causes cancer. But yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> but, but my point is like our standard of, of how we live has changed. And you're almost... it's look down on if you participate in things that we you know we know are not good for you but are cheap so mm. it's this it's another opportunity for classism if you will and and so the middle class is actually feeling an additional burden i mean i think the lower class too like that's another reason why people are feeling so like are are so poor because they do want to buy up they do want to be healthy they do want to make good choices with their lives it's a lot harder to do that way harder to do that than, than it was before. So anyway, uh, definitely a half-baked idea. Uh, certainly rambling for a minute or two there. And I know we're out of time. So maybe we can come <laughs> back and revisit this in a future episode when I have it a little bit more together and written it out a little bit further. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to hearing more about that. And we want to hear what you have to say. Uh, maybe you could lend your voice to this uh, interesting topic. You could do that at futurecommerce.fm. Uh, we also want you to go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star, uh, like and subscribe there. We're on social. We're everywhere that you uh, that you are listening uh, to podcasts of any kind. So that's on any smart speaker device. We're also on Stitcher, and and we are uh, on Spotify. I am reluctantly on Spotify now these days. That's that's a whole separate story <laughs> wait, too. Wait, wait, wait! Before we close out, yeah, I, for, I, met, I forgot to say there was there was a phrase that I wanted to sort of put out there about that last thought that I okay. forgot to do. And I'm going to call it an inflation deficit mm. uh, where, where essentially we've gone into the red on inflation. It didn't happen for so long that now we're catching up, but I wouldn't call it runaway, but I would call it a period of heightened inflation. You tend to have these like uh, you have a sixth sense about certain things. And, uh, and then seven or eight months from now, we look back and we're like, that's exactly what you were talking about. Um, so I, I no longer can sit here and debate you on these things. I just, I'm going to watch it happen. Um, and I'm no, go, you need to debate me so that you poke holes in what I'm saying. Oh my word. Well, I'll just call you a libertarian and then, and then, uh, get Oh my mad. gosh. And then we'll, well yeah. not a libertarian. There you go. There's a debate point. Love it. That's show title. <laughs> <laughs>
Retail tech is moving fast. And future commerce is moving faster. Wow. If you made it through this episode, you deserve a cookie. You really do. All right. We'll see you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.